You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Well, we've gone through this season of elections once again, and we currently we want to be like, man, it's we're in the post-election time, but it seems like the the controversy just keeps going on and on, the backbiting, the slander, and and every election year seems to be this way, especially every four years when we elect a president, it seems like there is. Everyone is taking a side and using not just not trying to focus on a character of a, of a person or are focusing on the uh, the the uh, the topics at hand and, and, and the platforms the that's focusing is on the negativity and name calling and shaming and and on people's social media actually saying if you vote for such and such or if you support this person or or, or whatever then I'm unfriending you or go ahead and unfriend me now and and this kind of uh, this kind of talk like unfriending over political aspirations so I, I can't I don't understand that and and again maybe that's something you do and and you feel like it's that, that and, I, and it is your right to friend and unfriend on social media anybody you want but to, to to unfriend somebody based on that just seems to me to be such a petty way to do things but the, but it, but it heightens the reality for us that the world is a difficult place and where someone hurts someone else and then and then that person hurts someone else someone hurts you you hurt someone else and and it's a vicious cycle like you hurt someone they hurt someone they hurt someone or maybe they hurt the same to try to return the favor and hurt the person that hurt them but what if the cycle could be reversed what if we decided that we would take a stand? We would we would stand shoulder to shoulder to stop this and and, and stop the cycle. And and what if we stood shoulder to shoulder and said, you know what? We are the Jesus tribe. We are the Jesus tribe, and we're going to be different. So we're in this series. We're calling God dreams. God dreams of you fully living the life He intended for you. God dreams of you for you to find a life of purpose. Our and our narrative for this story is the story of, uh, from the Bible of this this character John the Baptist. And we're we we're comparing kind of John the Baptist's faith, as, from what we know about it from the from the from the scriptures, to the typical. Uh, faith of Christianity today, and we begin to realize something. In many ways, we've taken the abundant and full life that Jesus dreams of us living and traded it in for, for a weaker faith, a domesticated existence of simply going through the motions of life and religion. And so we we want to be aware that we are uh, we're, we're part of something different. We're part of the Jesus tribe. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 7, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to, to grab that Bible and open it up and, and read along as we track through a few verses of this story. So uh, just kind of the to set the scene, give us a little background. John the Baptist is in prison and he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus if he's the one that they're waiting for or is he the Messiah? And Jesus sends him away with basically saying, yes, I am the Messiah, but it may not look like you expected. And he says, it, it's, it's you know, I'm, you, yes, I'm the Messiah, but it, but it might not Look for you like you want it to. It may not fit your uh, fit in your box. And so we pick up the story after Jesus sends the disciples of uh, of John away back to him in Matthew eleven verse seven. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People with expensive clothes live in palaces, 
Were you, were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, of all who ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. So here's our big idea as we pause there. This will be, uh, we'll pick up the rest of this story actually next week when we wrap up this series. But our big idea today is to belong to Jesus is about much more than simply being a good person. To belong to Jesus is about so much more than being simply a good person. Because there's something better than good. And, 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 you think about it. I mean, think about all the things that are good. We want to be a good person, right? We things that are good. You know, um, you know, my my kids would tell you, and I would agree. Taco tacos are good. Pizza is good. Chocolate is good. Family is good. Uh, having friends is good. Um, you know, being able to do in person things in person uh, is good. Being able to have the availability of virtual uh, connecting is good in a, in a, in a series, in a, in a, t- a season that we've been in over this global pandemic where, where a lot of ways we, we feel like we can't, we can't and shouldn't do some things in person that we can still gather certain ways. It's good that we can do that. It's good. Um, you know, resources are good. Having money, enough money to, to live and, and, and do things is good. Being generous is good. See the, so, so there's a lot of things that we would say and look at and go, this is good. It's good to have a job. It's good to have an, a, a, an occupation. It's good to have a career. It's good to have an education. These are all things that are good. But how is it that for many of us, being a good Christian is really nothing more than being a good person? I mean, how is being a good person different than being a follower of Jesus? Because Jesus asked the people, when you went to see John the Baptist, were you expecting to see a man in expensive clothes? Having nice, expensive clothes might have been seen as a good thing. We like that. It's, it's good to be able to have nice clothes. But Jesus points to John, who wears camel hair. He's an outfit of camel hair. He's got a, a, a leather strap he takes and makes a belt out of it. This is not the common uh, dress of the day. This is not the common uh, gear that people would wear. And he's like, he points to John and says, expensive clothes may be good, but that there's something better than good. See, John the Baptist is weird. And uh, he's, he's not what you were expecting if you were looking for a spiritual leader. And Jesus quotes the prophet Malachi, and he says uh, of John the Baptist, he's the one prophesied by the prophet Malachi to prepare the way of Messiah. He says, quoting, quoting from Malachi, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. So, so, Je- so Jesus is saying, John the Baptist is the, is the uh, fulfillment of that prophecy, and that also is saying, he's also saying something about himself. He's saying, I am the Messiah. To prepare the way for the Messiah, the assumption would be for that job, God would choose someone refined, someone who, who others would look at and go, wow, now that's good. That's good. But Jesus is about something better than good. You see, being a follower of Jesus is not about being molded into a stereotype. The faith of the scriptures leads us beyond the material world to an invisible reality. To walk with God is to journey into the spiritual realm. Learning important things about God is good, and, and learning from others is good. And we need to learn from others, and, and that's kind of what church is, right? It's learn from others. But there's something better than good. At the end of the day, in order to follow Jesus, you have to receive your instructions from Him. 
And somehow we've turned the promise that, that, that we would be conformed into the image of Christ into a belief that, that all of us will look alike and act alike and smell exactly the same. Jesus desires not to conform us, but to transform us. Conformed to the image of Christ means we are being transformed to be more like him. His intent was never to domesticate us so we'd have some weak faith, but to liberate us so that we could live free and live out the God dreams that God has for us to live that way. Ephesians 3.20 says, and this is from the message paraphrase, so it may sound a little different than than your Bible, uh, but the message paraphrase of Ephesians 3.20 reads this way, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit deeply and gently within us. So be a good person. Yes. Please don't, don't go away from here and say, Pastor Steve over at Awaken Church says, we don't need to be a good person. I don't need to be a good neighbor. Yes, you do. Be a good person. Be a good citizen. Be a good neighbor. Yes. But there's something better than good. And it's not being great either. I mean, when I say there's, there's something better than good, I'm not talking about being great. Living out the God dreams that Jesus wants to give you is not about what's good or what's great. It's about what's possible. And too often, good and great are the enemies of the possible. We'll settle for what's good. We'll do what's great. But we miss the, the, the opportunity to jump into, step into what is possible. To belong to the tribe of Jesus is to say it's possible. Anything can happen. Take the, uh, the African impala, this animal uh, that originates from Africa, the impala. And they can jump up to 10 feet high. Like high as a basketball goal, they can jump that high. And they can jump up to 30 feet in length. This, this animal has this God-created ability to jump really, really high and really, really far. Yet in many zoos kind of around the world, they're kept in their enclosure by a 3- to 5-foot wall. This animal, this, this short animal, is similar to a deer or an antelope. And, 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 and there's this 3- to 5-foot wall that, that keeps them enclosed when they could jump 10 feet high and 30 feet in length on on a full stride. They could be free. They have the God-given ability to land just about anywhere they want, but experts have determined that the impala will not jump where they cannot see where their feet may land. Because they can't see on the other side of the wall, they won't jump the wall. They could very easily jump the wall, but they're kept in place. They're kept, they're kept within these, the, the walls of this enclosure and kept from jumping free because they refuse to jump where they can't see where their feet would land. They remain restrained. What is holding you back? What are you holding on to because you can't see what's ahead? What are you holding back on because you can't see what's ahead? See, I love this uh, Jesus question here. When you went out to see John the Baptist, what did you expect to see? It's like Jesus says, you hear about this man of God, this person with a message from the Lord, and you have all these expectations. It's like we have this box. And if this person is with God, well, they'll certainly fit into this box. And, 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 and he says, when you went out to John the Baptist, you expect you had your box, right? But what happened? You went out there and you found this man in camel hair and, and a leather strap, eating locusts, eating bugs and honey. And it wasn't what you expected. It didn't fit your box. And for us... To be able to understand that John was God's chosen mouthpiece is to enter into this reality where anything can happen. If John can be the guy to prepare the way of the Messiah, if if John can be the guy who's living out the God dreams for his purpose in life, anything can happen. 
Now, remember John's message when he was baptizing in the Jordan Rivers? Back in Matthew 3 is how he kind of started off this whole series. His message is this. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. See, when we live in the reality of God's kingdom, we understand that God, in God's kingdom, anything can happen. That's why John said, repent, because this kingdom where anything can happen, it's here, it's right here, it's so near to you. God is not a sedative that dulls your senses to keep you calm. Actually, I have found in my own experience that the presence of God in my life does the opposite of that. <laughs> God awakens your spirit to be truly alive. There's an excitement, there's a joy in this relationship with God. God created us to live our lives with our eyes wide open, to soak in the beauty of the life all around us. And when we live awakened, we have a faith that believes God for the things we can't see even with our eyes wide open. Here's, here's, here's something we learn from John the Baptist. You cannot meet the creator of the universe and remain the same. You, can't, you cannot meet the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, and just remain the same. There's a transformational power, presence, that affects you, that, that changes you. The more your identity is rooted in God's value for you, the less you're limited by what others think. The more your, your, your identity is rooted in what God's value, God's dreams for you, the less you're limited by your circumstances. See, when we come to Christ, we enter into this special journey where we're all traveling together, but just not in this neat single file line. Like, like we just fall in line, fall in place. Everybody looks the same. Everybody walks the same. Everybody has the same stride. No, followers of Jesus are all walking the same direction. But on a unique path. Jesus put it this way when we get to the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and Jesus says, you know, there's two roads. There's two ways. There's two gates. There's a wide road that leads to a wide gate. And there's a narrow road that leads to a narrow gate. The, don't take the wide road that takes this wide gate. Because that is the road to destruction. He says the narrow gate leads to life. Or the narrow road leads to life. And the narrow gate is the only way to get into it. And he says to himself, I'm the gate. I'm the gate. You have to walk this direction, and we do. Followers of Jesus are all walking the same direction, but on a unique path. Your journey will not look like mine, and my journey will not look like yours. That doesn't, this doesn't happen when we're, when we're guided by programs. When we have programs, we are programmed many times to try to have a, the same path. Well, the path is Jesus, but our journey is going to look different. Only when we're guided by the Holy Spirit, not by programs, but we're guided by the Holy Spirit, our journey takes us to become more like Jesus. Now, as Christianity is something is a is a religion or, or man, a, a, a mindset that builds shelters and asks God to come stay with us, that's actually opposed to the mission of Jesus for us to move and go wherever Jesus decides to go. Jesus doesn't say build a shelter and come stay in it. Jesus says, let's go. Let's go. Members of the Jesus tribe hear his voice, know his voice, and follow his voice. When he calls us by name, he leads us onto his path where anything can happen. To belong to the Jesus tribe is to live for something better than good, the possible, where anything can happen and everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. There's this great quote from Erwin uh, McManus from his book, The, Bar the Barbarian Way, which I have uh, very clearly uh, and, and give, give uh, 
credit where it's due. A lot of the ideas for this sermon series based around John the Baptist came from this very book, The Barbarian Way. And, and, and he says, this, here's this quote from the book. From the moment we become citizens of the kingdom of God, we, became, we become aliens and strangers in a world that chooses to live absent from God. The moment, from the moment, we become citizens of the kingdom of God. We become aliens and strangers in a world that chooses to live absent from God. Have you ever felt like, as you're following Christ, have you ever felt like as you are a Christian, that you just seem kind of out of steps with, with the rest of the world? Like to really live according to God's plan and purpose. According, uh, to really live according to the word of God. It's to be kind of out of step with the rest of the world. Have you ever felt that way? Isn't it true that when you're in step with Jesus, you often feel out of step with the rest of the world? That's because Jesus is countercultural. He was countercultural 2,000 years ago. He's countercultural today. And to follow his way is to, is to realize everything is spiritual in a culture that wants to segment and, and fragment everything and put this, a spiritual side, but put it over there. But from what we from what we little we, we actually know of John the Baptist, it seemed for him the whole earth is holy ground. I mean, we don't know a lot about him. We just know some of the, what we find in the scriptures. But it certainly seems, when we look at his life, that we could probably come to this agreement. It seemed for him like the whole everywhere he stepped was holy ground. And for the tribe of Jesus, life isn't separated between sacred and secular. Like real life, there's real life over here and spiritual life over here. Here's my me time. Here's my here's my church time. Here's my here's my hobby time. Here's my you know all of life is sacred and every action is spiritual. See, the presence of God is everywhere when we belong to Him. This is a foreign concept to a, to a domesticated religion that seeks to compartmentalize our life. Because here's what happens. When we compartmentalize our lives and we say, well, over here's my Jesus section. And over here's my other section. Here's my family time, my me time, my Jesus time. When we compartmentalize God in our lives, we trivialize God in our lives. God dreams of an untamed faith within us for us to live unchained, off the chain, and for his purpose. So he fills us with his own Holy Spirit in order for, for this to become our reality. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? What does that even mean, to be filled with the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with a vision that's too compelling to ignore. Like there's a vision, there's a dream, there's a God dream for you, and it's too compelling to ignore. That's the Holy Spirit of God. God's dreams for you. His purpose, His plan, His vision. So here's where we get uncomfortable. Because for God to unleash His dreams within us, we have to become free to risk and fail. We have to, we have to become free to take a risk and, and take a risk. And in that risk, we have to be free to, in the world's eyes, fail. The, the, the fear of failure is huge. What we fear is what we become subject to. Your fear becomes your master. Failure, rejection, insignificance. They have all, all of us are, are, can be mastered by those. Have you ever been mastered by any of those fears? Over and over, the Bible tells us, fear the Lord. Now, this, 
we've talked about this before at Awaken Church. We talk about because we this is a common thing that that people come up with. It's like I just don't can't really want to follow a God and believe in a God that that said that wants me to be afraid of Him. And this fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God or scared of God. It's a it's an awe. It's a recognition of who God is. It's it's realizing He's God and I'm not. It's this understanding that you get to know this God personally, who said, "Let there be light," and there was light, and there was everything. The same God who could just as easily say, let there no longer be, and there would no longer be all that has been created. That's that's a moment to, to, to ponder that reality and go, whoa, whoa, that's the fear of the Lord, to understand this is who God is. And when we fear God, have this, this, this kind of relationship, we have this all in recognition of who God is and God only, we are no longer held captive by all the other fears that would hold us captive. Because we realize something. God is bigger than all of it. When we realize that everything is spiritual, every moment matters and every action matters. Some Don't, don't get away from this. Every moment matters. Every action matters. And we seek to make every moment count. And only then will we be the hands and feet of Jesus to everyone. As we become more like Christ, we will be His body. The body of Christ is how the Scriptures even put it. We are the body of Christ. And being a Christian, following Christ, being the tribe of Jesus, is not about just simply being a good person. It's about becoming more like Jesus. To belong to Jesus is about so much more than simply being a good person. It's about becoming more like Him. So what is your next step? At Awaken Church, we always like to ponder what the next step would be. And, and I don't know what, what your next step is. I would suggest your next step would be to pray. Just pray and ask God, God, give me eyes wide open to see your dreams for me. And, and the faith to trust you for what I cannot see. So I suggest that, that, that prayer be your next step and then let God lead you into his next step for you. Pray, God, give me eyes wide open to see your dreams for me and the faith to trust you for what I cannot see. God, that is our prayer. That is my prayer. Lord, that you would give us eyes wide open to see your dreams for us and the faith to trust you for what we can't see. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.